everyone, and this is episode 16 of season 2 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson. And uh, today is just, mainly we're dealing with, you know, the book of Numbers and Mark right now, and in our daily reading, and just some of the things that, you know, that was coming to me as I was reading the daily reading uh, was pretty much about, you know, living separate, you know, living a separate, you know, separated from the world and, you know, being set apart for the Lord. And, and, and that's just something that's been running through my mind because, I mean, we're just getting into these days, you know, in these days where we have to learn, you know, and we have to have this desire to be set apart. You know, we have a world that, you know, is very liberal and says that, you know, whatever makes you happy goes. Whatever is your truth is, you know, your truth. And if it makes you happy and it's getting to the point that, you know, it's it's getting very, you know, degrading and, and all of that and as an ungodly, you know, and living separate. And so you know, as, as believers that we need to, to be set apart. And, you know, we get into the book of numbers and in chapter eight, you know, we start in chapter eight and it's talking about setting up the lamps and, you know, the lamp is the light of Christ, you know, it's the continual light of Christ. And, you know, and it, it may be like, I feel like I'm, you know, driving away from what this says but it's like you know the lamp in in that time was you know it pointed to the light of Christ that is going to continually be on this earth forever you know this the presence of the Lord is never going to die you know it's never it's eternal you know and and you know when you become a, a brand new believer when you become a believer you become you know the old is is gone and the new has you know, there and, and Christ is alive in you, which means his light is shining from you. And, you know, we see Christ continually saying, you know, using the parable about, you know, that we are the light to the earth, you know, a city on the hill and that you don't, you know, put a bowl over a lamp, you know, you just, you let that light shine. And I think as, as believers, we have to let live our lives in a way that that is separate from how the world is today and and let Christ you know the light of Christ just shine because it's going to open up the doors you know for for conversations with people for the kingdom to enter and for for us to to reach to those who are you know surrounded by darkness you know there are people that are surrounded by darkness and there's people you know that they're not bad people you know they're but they're lost they don't know Jesus and and they're just going through life you know wondering you know what what is beyond this life you know there are people that are like that you know and they're not bad they're you know, they live life and yeah, they, they have their weaknesses just like, you know, you and I did, you know, before we, you know, became, you know, saved before we knew the Lord. But, 
you know, they're just going through life lost and there's more people that are lost. And, you know, in these days, there's a lot of people living in fear. There's a lot of people that are living with depression. A lot of people that are living with anxiety. I keep seeing it over and over with anxiety. You know, it's a, it's a huge thing that is going on and they need the light of Jesus to enter into their life. And so as believers, and especially if you're a brand new believer, you know, this is the time to start, you know, and, and make that decision that I'm going to live life separate. And, you know, it's, if you're a brand new believer, it's a great start saying, I want to live that way. And, you know, it's, it's simple as asking the Lord to, to convict you in things in your life that, that you need to, to let go of you know, and, and all of that, and, you know, just let go of those stuff, you know, whatever it may be you're watching, you know, and it's, and it is a process, and the Lord is so gracious, and he's so kind, and he will convict our hearts when we're watching something we're not supposed to be watching, and you go, huh, or you're reading your Bible, and you're reading something, and you go, wait a minute, this is happening in my life, okay, God, i what do I need to do here? You know, <laughs> and it's, that's how, what's so great about our relationship with the Lord is, you know, he's there and he gives us the resources we need. And we have the Holy Spirit that convicts our hearts, you know, when we're not living as, as Jesus wants us to live. And so I think it's just something that we can rejoice in that you know, we can wake up every morning and I think every morning that we should wake up going, you know, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. And, and getting up because, you know, and it's hard. I, I, you know, it's something that has been speaking to my heart that I need to be waking up more and going, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. And, and being happy because it's the day the Lord has made, no matter what's going on, this is the day the Lord has made and we should rejoice in that because he never changes. And, and we, you know, we have, you know, such a wonderful father that we, we get to wake up to the morning to and, and, and go to bed at night knowing that his presence is over us and protecting us. And so you know, and we continue on in, in chapter eight and it's talking about the setting apart of the Levites. The Levites did not get an inheritance as the rest of the tribes did. They were set apart to, to assist the priests. And so their inheritance was God, you know, their inheritance was God, which, you know, you think about it, it's like, man, that would be such a cool inheritance. And that's what we do. We have that inheritance. We have, you know, with Jesus in our heart, we have that inheritance. You know, we've been adopted as, as sons and daughters as of, of, of the Lord. And so we share in the inheritance that, that Jesus has, you know, we share in that inheritance. And it's so, you know, it's something that we should be rejoicing in. And so these Levites, they had to, they had to go through a ritual 
you know, back then to be set apart. You know, they had they had to sprinkle water to purify them. It was a, a form of cleansing of the sin and that they were supposed to, you know, doing a wave offering. You know, they couldn't, you know, wave themselves literally. So they had to carry out that wave offering symbolically, you know. And you know he's he's talking about you know, and then so it's like that, you know, just you know with the wave offering, you know it's just as as believers, you know, we need to be you know separated and and to you know be a representative of, of the body of Christ. And, you know, and it's hard because, yes, we are human. But does that mean, you know, and there's a thing called, you know, hyper grace where, you know, people do say, well, you know, I can lit, I can sin and it doesn't matter. It's already washed away. You know, the Lord doesn't, you know, we're not saved by grace just so that we can keep on sinning and you know it's you know things do happen where we do you know and because we are human we do make mistakes but we don't you know it's there's a difference between willingly and just carelessly can you know continuing to sin you know, not caring about what the Lord thinks, where, you know, it's an honest mistake, and there's somebody, you know, and that believer is saying, oh my gosh, you know, and there's been times that, you know, I didn't realize I sinned, and then the Lord, like, you know, he lets me know that I should have not acted the way I did, and, and I'm there repenting before the Lord, because it's like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I feel convicted and feel really bad. But, you know, the Lord's grace just comes upon you and you you feel free of that. And then you, you just kind of walk away and don't, well, you don't kind of, you just walk, you know, forward in your relationship with the Lord with a heart going, okay, I, you know, I've learned my lesson and I'm not going to do it ever again by the grace of, of God because he... He has spoken to me how I, I should have acted in a situation, you know? And so, you know, it's, you know, living our lives set apart. And, and, and you think about it today, you know, we're, we should be careful what we watch. We should be careful about what we read. You know, we should be careful about you know, what, what we're posting on our Facebook, what we're saying, and even with our words, what we're even saying to people, you know, not participating in gossip and, and more than that, but not, you know, like this whole coronavirus thing. There's so many believers that I have seen that are living in doom and gloom. And it's like, uh, hello, you know, we, you know, there is life and death in, in our words. And it's like, hey, you know, we need to be careful about what we say. And it's, and people go, well, that's religion. 
You know, that's religion. If, you know, you have to watch what you read and it's like, you know, and I like how, you know, it, you know, one person said it, why would I want to put, you know, read stuff, watch stuff and put stuff in my mind that Jesus came to, to free me from. It's simple as that. It's not religion. It's, it's, I want to know Jesus and I want to have a relationship with, with him. And, and so, you know, you think about it that way and, and so it's, and, and the Lord is so good about it. You know, he will, you will feel it in your spirit, especially when you're asking, sincerely asking the Lord, you know, to, to convict your heart and to guard your heart and allow his, his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to, to help you in your daily walk. You will feel it in your spirit when you're watching something and you know, you're not supposed to be watching it. You know that you're reading something that you should not be reading and it's telling you to shut the book, you know, or you're saying something that you shouldn't say. And so, you know, as, as believers, I think, you know, as the Levites were set apart, you know, they, they had to live a life totally different from the rest of the Israelites because their inheritance was the Lord. They were to represent the nation as a godly nation and as, you know, we are ambassadors to Christ, you know, it's not that, you know, this exclusive club where you just get in and, and, or, you know, it's not like this secret club where you get in and you keep it a secret, you know, we are ambassadors of Christ. And when we go out there, we're to live the way Jesus lived and we're to love the way Jesus loved and, and, and do the same things Jesus did, you know? And, and so that's kind of a huge thing that I noticed in, in the reading today was just about living set apart and we'll continue on with, you know, when we get into the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark with the rich man, I mean, the Lord was really speaking to me on that and, So, you know, in Numbers, you know, so we have the Levites and then we talk about the Passover. And, you know, when this is the time that this is being recorded, you know, we're we're getting near Passover and which is Easter, you know, and we celebrate Jesus, you know, so the Passover, because when Jesus, you know, Passover was was a type and shadow of a that was pointing to, to Jesus, to his sacrifice on the cross, the ultimate sacrifice. And, you know, the Passover was for the, the Israelites to remember what the Lord did for them in Egypt, how he, he saved them from the bondage of Egypt. And, you know, Jesus came and he died on the cross for us you know, to save us from our sins. And he rose from the grave three days later. And so we have, you know, as I, as, you know, I, I think about it, we need to, we need to live that way, you know, of celebrating right now. And, 
at this time, you know, when this is being recorded, this there is corona there's coronavirus going around and people have had dreams and visions and I've had a feeling that the Lord is going to do something supernaturally that is going to eradicate this coronavirus like it's just going to be gone like quickly and there's going to be people going what's going on there's going to be people healed and a lot of people have had visions that it's going to happen over Passover and I feel like, you know, and I've been praying with people on that, that, you know, and agreeing with people because when there are two or three gathered in, in, the, in, in the name of the Lord, the Lord is going to meet, meet us there. And I, I'm agreeing, you know, and I have seniors in high school that are looking at me funny because, you know, they're worried, they're worried that they're not going to get to get their diploma at graduation. And I'm sitting here going, you know, I, I was like, I, I totally, you know, standing out in bold faith, I totally believe you are going to get your, your diploma. And they are looking at me funny, but it's like, you know what, I'm going to stand in faith and who, who my Lord is. And it says, you know, by his stripes, we were healed. And, you know, it's still the same today. So, you know, as we get into Passover, really, and I just, you know, as you're going through and we're going through it in, in the Bible right now, as we're getting closer to Easter, that, you know, we're reading about what Jesus, you know, did. And so, and we're going to be, you know, getting in into the, the pa- Passion Week again in, in the book of Mark. And, and we'll be talking about that in, in the next coming days. And as, you know, if you guys heard the motorcycle going by, yes, it is warming up in Wyoming. And when that warms up, everybody gets out their motorcycles. So everybody's enjoying the nice weather that is happening. There's no more snow. We're we're happy, but it's still Wyoming. It can snow in, in June or July. So I'm not counting that it's not done yet. <laughs> So, but I also want to point out that in, in chapter nine, there's a, a situation that happens that these people, they want to celebrate the Passover, but because of a dead body, they became ceremonially unclean and they're sitting there going, this is, Hey, we want to celebrate the Passover and we can't help that we became ceremonially unclean and so they go before Moses and Aaron and I do like how Moses you know answers them and he's like wait I'm gonna go find out what the Lord commands concerning you it wasn't a simple answer right there and then he went and sought the Lord out and I think we you know especially as we're going out and evangelizing to people. They are going to ask questions sometimes that you may not know the answer to. And the easy way to say, or some of the easy way is to kind of try to, you know, fumble your way through it. And that's not the way sometimes. Sometimes they actually, you know, people are actually going to, 
respect when you say, you know, I don't know, but I'm going to go look into this and then I'll come back and I'll, I'll tell you. And I think as believers, we need, we need to be open when, yes, we don't really totally understand something and, and we say, okay, I'm going to go to the Lord. Or even when we're making decisions, you know, we have decisions to make, you know, where we're going to move to, what job are we going to take? You know, it's, it's taking time to, to go before the Lord and find out what he wants concerning the situation. You know, because we live in a day where the world tells you, you know, go seize your opportunity, go seize your dream. You know, it's pretty much go out there blind and, and, and get this opportunity when we need to let the Lord handle us so or handle this situation and lead us and guide us into the position he wants us to be in, in, in that position, you know, in a career or even in a home, in a ministry, whatever it is, you know, we don't have to strive for it. The Lord is going to put us in that position. So wait. And then, you know, and, and he gives them that, that answer. The Lord gives them that answer, what they were to do, that they could. And then he gives a clear warning for those who are not on a journey and ceremonially clean, that if they don't pass, you know, celebrate the Passover, they're cut off from the rest of the people. Now, he was taking it seriously back then. And then he also gives that option for, for even the, you know, in my translation, it says alien, you know, somebody who's a foreigner to that's not a Jew, you know, the, and there were people in, 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 in the Bible, you know, biblical people that were not. Jewish that became Jewish, you know, there, and I'll point out in, in the book of Acts that there are some that be, went from, you know, being Greek to Jewish, you know, so he was giving that opportunity for them to participate in that. And so that is essentially numbers. We're going to take a quick break and We'll come jump into the book of Mark. So we're back and we are, you know, starting chapter 10 of, of the book of Mark and in, in the gospel of Mark. And it starts off instantly in 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 into divorce and this is where you know the religious leaders were coming at this point and they're trying to find every single way to get Jesus to trip up and so they bring up divorce now you know we've talked about it in the book of Matthew a little bit extensively I'm going to go ahead and review it because I kind of did some more information like research into it and in Christ's time, what had happened was 
you know, what had happened was in Christ's time, there was two views to divorce. There was the liberal view, and then there was the conservative view. The liberal view was what the Pharisees were doing and saying, you know, is is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And that liberal view was, they said, for anything. And that was what was happening in Christ's time, that they were divorcing, there was men divorcing their wives for any little reason, you know, including that she didn't prepare a meal right. And in that time, they were also marrying women that were also divorced, but they didn't have the official divorce certificate. And so we'll, we'll come back to that part in a minute, but in that time, then there was the conservative view, which, which was what Moses had commanded. And Jesus was on the more conservative side saying, you know, you know, first off, you know, he, he, he stands up and, you know, stands up and this is how God created marriage. He didn't create marriage for divorce. He didn't, he, he created marriage for, for, you know, a man to leave his family and, and, and be united with his wife and the two will become one flesh, which means, you know, they consummate the marriage, you know, which means they're no longer two, but one. And his, God's idea was not for man to separate. However, divorce was known in biblical times. And so Moses, you know, and it was permitted However, it was very conservative what was considered a permission for divorce. And that was in regards to adultery or sexual immorality based on the Greek word pornea that is used in in the book of Matthew that we talked about. And... So he 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 goes along and, and he goes what God wanted and he says anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And what that was was these men did not have proper certificates of divorce and they went and married another woman and committed adultery. And and it's the same way with these women. They didn't have the proper divorce certificates. So, but, you know, when we look at it in today, you know, God's, there's a thing with marriage that, you know, it points to God, you know, and the enemy likes none other but to try to just dis- to destroy marriages. And that's all part about living set apart for God. And that includes our marriage, you know, and choosing, you know, one, that divorce is not an option. And, and really, number two, really praying and protecting, you know, the marriage that God has given you. 
And these days, you know, and it's hard because I see it so frequently that there's one spouse who's a believer and the, the other spouse is not a believer. And it's, it's not mostly men and it's not mostly women. There's an, you know, equal amount of cases that happen that I see. And, and it's sad because, you know, the spouse that's a believer is chasing after the Lord and the enemy is doing what he can through the unbelieving spouse to try to destroy this marriage. And it's hard, but, you know, I, I continually tell, you know, and, and we'll talk about it too in, in, in Corinthians with Paul, he addresses the issue as well because there were, you know, Gentiles that were not, you know, they were married to a non-believer. They were both non-believers. Then they get saved, but the other one's not. And they go, okay, what do I do? Do I divorce or, and he had to address it. And it's like, no, don't, don't divorce. And that's why I tell, you know, couples don't divorce keep praying for your spouse, you know, and living set apart. And as, and I was, you know, reading articles and from, from other women who are, are believers. And they said, you know, as they, you know, they were trying to focus on changing their husband and their Lord, the Lord started speaking to them saying, let me change you. And as you're being changed by me, it's going to catch, you know, his, his or her eye and you know which or and you know I've read articles too from from godly men and it's the same thing you know their wives were not following and they said you know as the Lord changed them and they were devoting upon their their wives it they sat there and said you know and seeing this changed man it it was a testimony to them that led them to the Lord and that's what I tell you know, couples like, you know, or, or people that, that have spouses that are not following the Lord. And, and that's something we have to do. And, and I tell them, continue to live your life set apart and, and let the Lord speak to you how to be a, a loving and, you know, a godly husband or wife, you know, let him teach you, let him change you. And as you accept the love of the Lord, it's going to make you love that person unconditionally. Now, in regards to those who have already gone through a divorce in their life, you know, I won't, you know, don't let that part of your life define you, especially if you are really pursuing the Lord, and especially if you were a victim, where you know, and I've, I've seen it, you know, men and women where they were the victim, you know, they weren't the one that initiated the divorce and they live with a lot of guilt and, and a lot of hurt. And it's about healing, you know, and letting Christ heal them fully, you know, and, and that's the thing about it with, you know, I'm not going to keep somebody who went through a divorce out of my church. You know, they're more than welcome to come in. And, and if, you know, 
their life is radically changed by the Lord and they are in this relationship with the Lord. You know, it's it's good for them, you know. <laughs> and that's, you know, the greatest thing that you can see, you know, and they're letting the Lord change their life. Now, what about remarriage? You know, there's what I, I, I believe and I've seen it happen. You know, I've seen people who, you know, and especially those who weren't believers, you know, they went through divorces and they got, you know, saved and, and then they go and get married to another Christian, you know, another believer that I've seen it happen, you know, and, and they're pursuing the Lord and pursuing a God, a godly marriage. I'm going to, you know, applaud them for that. And, you know, and so, and I know there's a lot of people that live with that condemnation. The enemy makes them feel condemned, especially when a marriage ends. You know, don't let the enemy get to you. You go and get before the feet of Jesus and let his love get on you. And, and get in his word and let his word, you know, heal you, you know, you're not going to get it anywhere else and, and get with, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ that are going to help you heal, you know, cause they're going to encourage you. They're not going to condemn you. They're going to encourage you. And I encourage brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage somebody who may have gone through a divorce, you know, be there to encourage them all the way. And to help them through this time because they're going to have questions and they're going to need somebody there. But if you're married, you know, make sure to be really praying for your marriage, for protection in your marriage and letting your marriage be set apart for the Lord as well. And so that took a while. Then there's... You know, we go from that and I mean, Mark, it's just bam, 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 you know, because he's so, you know, his focus was on, on the Gentiles, the Roman Gentiles, and that's how they like their, their, their stuff written. So it's just, it's kind of like going through a graphic novel. And so we come across the little children in Jesus and we see that these kids, these, these children, they come up to Jesus and then. And that time, if there was a high-ranking religious official, people would bring their children to have a blessing put upon them. So these kids are coming up to Jesus seeking a blessing. They're not afraid of him. Think about that. They're not afraid of him. They, they willingly go to him. You know, and he, he receives them. And, you know, he rebukes his disciples for turning away these kids. And he's like, no. In, in fact, he tells them to receive the kingdom of God like a little child, you know, or else they're not going to enter it. And it's like, when you think about it, you know, these kids willingly come. They're not afraid of him. And I, I love a lot of the faith of brand new believers because it's kind of like a child. They willingly come to the Lord 
they're not afraid of him because they're so radically changed by him. And, you know, my prayer is just like, I pray, you know, yes, they're going to mature in the faith with, with the word, but I, I pray that they, you know, and that they, that childlike faith doesn't leave. And, you know, we can let that seep out of us sometimes as believers. And I think as believers, we have to continually like let the Lord put a childlike faith in us. And finally, we talk about the rich young man or the rich young ruler. And we notice that he's, he follows the law, but he's not sure about having eternal life. And, and Jesus, you know, tells him to, to sell everything or give all of his riches to the poor because he knew the man was rich. And this man leaves discouraged because he had all this wealth. And it goes with our relationship with the Lord that part of being set apart is also sacrificing things to the Lord. And that, yeah, sacrificing things that you used to watch on TV, sacrificing books you used to read, you know, sacrificing, living a life that is not your own anymore, but it's, it's, it's the Lord, you know, and it's, it's kind of some people use the term living debt that you're living like you're going to die, you know, and that you could die any day. And there are missionaries that do live that way. They go into areas where they could actually die and they they forsake the old lives that they have. And there are believers out there that in countries that there's persecution, they give it all because for Jesus. And I think that we have to live that way where we just give it all to Jesus and live dead for him. So that is something that we need to live for and for eternal life, you know, and, and take up that cross and deny our lives every single day. And so that's pretty much it for today. So I'm going to end in a prayer and, oh, before we end in a prayer for the next episode, we're going to read Numbers chapter nine, verse 15 through chapter 11, verse 35. Psalm 35 verses 22 through 28, Proverbs 6 verses 14 through 15, and then Mark chapter 10 verses 32 through 52. And so I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, Lord, and that, Lord, we can just worship you. We can magnify you, Lord. We just thank you, God, that the blood of Jesus makes us new. I pray, Lord Jesus, that every person that listens to this podcast Lord, that they would begin to live a life set apart for you. And I pray your Holy Spirit would just come and convict our hearts and guide us in our how we should live. Let your word speak to us on, on the things that we need to let go, Lord, and that, Lord, we would just be focused upon you and your kingdom. Let us to continue to have a childlike faith. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, you guys. Mm-hmm.